Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed. I'm the father. I'm Jacob Reed, the son. And I'm Lindsay Reed. I'm the wife of the son. And we're your hosts. Lindsay Reed. Wow, I'm still getting used to that. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I forget when I'm saying her name and I'll be like, hey, or I'll talk about her and I'll be like, Lindsay Lauderdale. And I'm like, oh, snap. It's Lindsay <laughs> Reed now. I have a wife. That's wild. Yep. But for those at home, uh, as you could hear through your ears, we have a special guest with us today. My wife, Lindsay Reed, because homeboy got hitched. And that is the theme of our episode today. We're talking all about weddings, the history of weddings, the vitalness of weddings, my wedding, dad's wedding, minus mom. So we yeah. are yeah. rolling mom in full was, steam. Uh, I think she'd was be a that? great guest, but uh, she flatly declined the invitation <laughs> to uh, hear her own voice over these airwaves. That does make sense. You know, everybody hears their own voice and they're like, wow, do I really sound like that? Little do they know they do sound like that. Well, she would be great, but I'm, I decided not to uh, risk my own marriage by pushing it too far. Words so, of wisdom right there, Father. Yeah, so we, you know, the uh, the previous episodes in our, whatever we're calling season three with the countdown to Wedded Bliss, we have, the countdown is over. And another countdown to, you know, eternity, I guess, has begun, <laughs> if you were to look at it that way. So, yeah, so we thought it'd be cool to do an episode about weddings, and um, so we do want to... Welcome, Lindsay to, Lindsay, to the family and the podcast. Uh, both are vital. Both the family and the podcast are vital. Mm. So, um, I think they're pretty vital, but that's all I would say. That's all you would say? That's all I would say about it. I think it's pretty vital. Well, yeah, I mean, when you think about, I mean, y'all are, all of us were involved, but y'all were obviously in the thick of it. And so if you consider all the energy and thought uh, and finances, that that went into you know the the events of the few weeks ago and <clears throat> i can imagine me that lindsay probably you i don't know and i can't speak for for uh you know for everyone obviously i'm not a girl but you know i think girls probably think about that for a long long time and there used to be something called a hope chest i don't know if that's even a thing anymore so maybe you can shed some light on that i mean how long have you been planning a wedding before you planned the wedding? Well, I think every girl kind of thinks about their wedding day from a very young age. I mean, when you're playing dress up, you think about those kinds of things. When you're growing up and going to middle school, you're thinking about, you know, what kinds of dresses you would like for your bridesmaids and things like that. But um, I didn't really plan anything until the wedding because I was like... You know, it might not happen, so it might be a good thing. <laughs> I don't plan anything for certain until I have a, a husband, a potential husband. So I guess I started thinking about it a little after we had the conversation of this is leading towards marriage and about like what the time frame would be and that kind of thing. So I kind of had it in my mind a few months before engagement, but I didn't start planning, planning until after the engagement. So you didn't like have a, have a stack of bride magazines, you know, back when you were in a junior in high school. 
or freshman. I did have this one magazine um, <laughs> that my grandmother gave me around the time that my cousin got married. And um, I was going through and I was like, put little sticky notes where I liked. And right. like one of my favorites back then, like, of course, styles have changed drastically since then. But one of my favorite styles was a short orange dress with like these little frilly stuff in it. And they were cowboy boots. I was like, what was I thinking? No. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was, was a awful. wedding dress. I can only imagine what the bridesmaids would look like. Those were the bridesmaids dresses. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well. Not the wedding dress. No, no, no. no. I, that makes a lot I did, more sense. I figured that. But you but, see that. I mean, you see pictures that are not far from what you just described. <laughs> both bride and bridesmaids. My to favorite. Each own, to each her own. My yeah. favorite groomsmen I've ever seen. This is in a very similar thing. They wore jeans, boots, camo vests, and each were packing some sort of firearm. Oh, no. I've seen similar but it, it was just very obvious but just a little side girls no longer have hope chests i think that was the term they have pinterest boards but that is now the hope chest <laughs> yeah that's the hope chest the modern today. day so i guess that's that's cheaper huh, than actually having a <laughs> yeah. little chest, yes for sure so looking at the history of weddings uh you know very short but you know there there's a lot of weddings in things in life. Wow, I am stumbling all over my words. I'm just so emotional. We haven't recorded in a few weeks, so you just kind of got to get warm back. No, I'm, I'm a little off. I'm a little off. Finals week was crazy. But speaking of that, biblically, and as everybody in this podcast believes, the first marriage would be Adam and Eve, therefore meaning that there was the first wedding ceremony. Me and Right, but it's not exactly described that way. It is know? not, but... It, uh, we're reading as a couple uh, a book by John Piper called This Momentary Marriage. And he talked about how marriage, if you look at marriage as like God sees it, God was the first father to hand off his daughter to be married to a man. And like, that's what that's supposed to represent. And I thought that was really cool. Just anything about like God being the first person to hand off a daughter to be married to somebody so yeah and i, I think tim keller said more or less the same thing um and i really liked what he said he said you can't understand the storyline of the bible unless you understand something about marriage because it begins with the marriage of adam and eve and he said the same thing about god being the father who who brings the bride down the aisle to to adam so to speak um so it begins with that marriage and ends with the marriage supper of the lamb so the bible is sort of anchored by weddings so, you know, that's pretty significant, I think. I mean, it definitely is understandable because you see that, you know, wedding ceremonies are meant to be showing the, the marriage or the, the union of two people kind of situation. So, you know, it begins with the union of the first man and wife, the very beginning of the Bible. And then we get to end it with the bride of Christ, the church being unified with Christ in that final wedding ceremony and like their joyous occasions. So both of those wedding ceremonies are joyous. All of our weddings should be joyous. My yeah. wedding was joyous. So yeah. I think it's a really good representation. We have, we have video evidence of it. <laughs> was yeah, it Chainsaw? Do. Is that uh, the name of that? Were you? Oh yeah, Chainsaw. It's a great song. Shout out to my Pine Cove peoples. Um, but that is not the only place that we see weddings at. 
Um, as far as recorded, uh, historically, according to secular scientists, the earliest one uh, was from Mesopotamia in 2350 BC. So people have been getting hitched for a long, long time. But this is probably not a shotgun wedding. Yeah. So as as a church historian, a, a young church historian over there in seminary, um, 2350 BC, as far as biblical timeline, that's not far. What was it about? What do we think about creation about 5000? Is that about right? Am I, am I totally botching my uh, biblical timeline? Well, considering how my only church history cr- class started at the death of Jesus. Um, yeah. OK, so you, you got to go really back. Right we didn't talk a lot about Old Testament history. My church history class started when the church was founded. So I got you. So 2350 BC, though, is, is pretty far back. And I thought it was pretty interesting far. when I was looking into this, that um, marriages, the earliest marriages, you know, weren't necessarily about love. They were more about uh, uh, making sure <laughs> that your heir was your heir. So it was like apparently there was just a lot of floating around and we'll leave it at that uh, before that. And. Uh, the men eventually said, you know, I want to know for sure this is my son or whatever for, you know, for inheritance and stuff. And so mm-hmm. the goal was not necessarily love, but it was more just to uh, to know who was the, the right heir. And then the church came into it later. Um, I think Council of Trent in 1563 is when it was became a canon law sacrament. Before that, you know, it, it, about eighth century was accepted in the church so it was you know we think of it as a church thing uh i mean even you know, i realize there are other places you can get married but it, you know most people um still think of it as a church uh ceremony and um so it's interesting that the, the church was not necessarily a huge part of it uh, at the very beginning actually fun fact for the people at home this was actually a test question for me uh, on my church history, it was the Fourth Lateran Council of 1512 that actually made it a sacrament. Um, but Peter Lombard was the first person to call it a sacrament. Um, but Augustine did it as well. So fun fun facts for everybody at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, just let me flex my church history muscles real quick. Is but that a, that a Dr. something you said or... about um, people, you know, getting married for more business reasons. Uh, keeping money in the family and stuff like that. It seems like a lot of places in the world, some that even we have been still follow that. You got any thoughts about that, dad? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I want to go too deep in the weeds on, on this, but it is, it is something we witnessed was um, in, in the middle East, particularly the part that we lived in, it was pretty common to marry cousins. Um, it was said at one time that the ideal uh, marriage was your first cousin on your like, mother's side or something like that. I, I should have asked, but it was something along those lines. Um, and they've under, they understand now that it's not a smart thing to do as far as genetics go, but there's still, it still happens a lot. And it had a lot to do with basically just keeping the property and the family, kind of keeping the family together. So um, it was interesting to think like your, like Olivia, your cousin, Olivia would have been your first, uh, first candidate for marriage. <laughs> So, hold up okay sweet and moving on happen, we're all very thankful um mm-hmm. is great but uh yeah so that was weird i mean and the other funny funny part was you couldn't marry someone um 
I don't know. I want to get an explicit rating here, but if you nursed from the same woman, we'll, we'll leave the parts out, but if you nurse from the same woman, you couldn't marry each other. So, um, just say like, I know your mom had been to places where the grandmother and the mother both had babies mm-hmm. and the grandmother would be nursing both at the same time. So if you had like a girl and a boy or whatever, I mean, that's not cousins, that's something else. That's aunts and yeah. aunts, so that wouldn't happen anyway, but there's a lot of funny little rules. Of course you can marry more than one person. Um, mm-hmm. We saw that in, a, in some positive ways, like where the wives got along. We saw that in the other way too, where Less the wives did not get along. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, there's still culture, uh, cult, still some cultures where there are arranged marriages. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, look, you know, your mom likes to watch, uh, all this stuff about the Royals and, you know, a lot of that was arranged and sometimes they grew to love each other. Sometimes they didn't. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is but, true. But you, and, and I heard, I think it was someone from uh, South Asia telling me this one time that even though we look at it from our culture as, as very odd for to have an arranged marriage, who really knows you best than your parents. Mm-hmm. And so it's not as terrible a thing as we might think. I mean, it's definitely not love related necessarily, but as far as uh, compatibility, there is some logic to it. I'm not recommending mm-hmm. Not, you know, not planning Lauren's wedding um, that way. But uh, anyway, no kidding. But uh, we're just wrapping up this quick little section about the vitalness of marriage. There is no denying that marriages are expensive and the financial weddings, weddings are expensive. Weddings. I keep saying marriage. I mean, weddings. Weddings are expensive. Uh, just maybe two, but we're talking about weddings. <laughs> yeah, but um, in the United Arab Emirates, weddings can cost up to $185,000. And in the United States, it is estimated to be $55 billion a year spent on weddings, which is insane. But it makes sense because, you know, the second you attach wedding onto anything, price doubles or triples. You know, you could have a toothbrush, but you you call it a wedding toothbrush, mm-hmm. $19, easy. So it's just like, if it's a wedding venue, outrageous prices. Oh, yeah. But, you know, people got to make their money somehow, I guess. Yeah, well, it's, uh, you said the, the UAE was 185 If you wanted to get married in Mauritius, it would just be about $500. So, you know, destination weddings are uh, not necessarily terrible. <laughs> I could fly to Mauritius, get married, and probably fly back for cheaper than we paid in the States. So probably for less than you paid for the dinner. I mean, <laughs> when you yeah. get right down to it. Probably that as well. Which was delicious, but we'll get to that in a minute. Well, I think that's a perfect transition, by the way. You know, we're about at that time to start moving on to the food. And the Mrs. Lindsay Reed has been awfully silent this episode so far we're kind of been dominating this conversation so i'm not up on my wedding history you're not up on your wedding history right, well, we're in current events now so we are in current events so looking at the food from our we'll start with the rehearsal dinner because that is the first of the two important meals what was a highlight of our rehearsal dinner for you 
We had some excellent food at the rehearsal dinner. I think um, you and Mr. J kind of picked out the menu for that. But my favorite was the smoked Gouda mashed potatoes. Okay. Was that the, the right word for yeah, it? That's like, right. that's was that the right description? They were so good. They um just had like a smokiness to them <laughs> that. From the smoked Gouda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were creamy. They were delicious. It was a good um, end to a long day of flour prep. So, Oh, gosh, yeah. Comfort food. Yes, mm-hmm. it was very good. What was your favorite, Jacob, from that night? Ooh, um, I really liked the pork chop. I think it was mm-hmm. a, a citrus-smoked pork chop. It was okay, delicious. Back up, back up. I, clearly, I've not trained you well. It was a pork tenderloin. Excuse me. The pork tenderloin. There you go. There's a difference. I know. There's a difference. I apologize. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I said stuffing instead of dressing. I just, living in North Carolina, my li- I'm just saying all these Southern words wrong. Excuse me. We had a pork tenderloin that was smoked. Uh, it had some citrus. It was delicious, very moist, but also the bacon-wrapped asparagus was pretty, pretty killer for sure. Um, had a lot of fun conversations with the groomsmen about whether or not it... Uh, one of the guys had never had asparagus before, so when we told him that a major piece change scent, he was like shocked out of his mind. So we had a discussion about yeah, that. The first time, I ever, first time I knew about that from personal experience, I thought maybe I'd acquired diabetes or something because something was <laughs> not wasn't quite right. But uh, yeah, I think okay, that. Well, Jacob never fails to remind me every time we eat it that <laughs> RP is going to smell weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, but some people can't. It's a genetic thing. Some people will will never experience that. I know. Sometimes I forget when I eat asparagus, and then I'm like, ah, oh, I yeah. had asparagus two days ago. <laughs> I was like, so wait, that, that rice pilaf must have had asparagus in it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like you always know. That what was your favorite part from our from the savory From the savory part, and it was just a, we had – Let's see. We had the the Cajun chicken, the pork tenderloin. Mm-hmm. We had the bacon wrapped asparagus, the gouda mashed potatoes, and then the corn casserole. She called it a corn souffle, mm-hmm. but it's essentially our same corn casserole that our family eats, which was, was delicious. Yeah, and there was a cheesecake and a bread pudding. So bacon wrapped asparagus, I think, was probably my favorite savory. But the the white chocolate bread pudding mm-hmm. was phenomenal, delicious. Yes, oh, that yes. was my favorite. I. Uh, I, I'm I sorry. Like the bread There's none of that left. I'm sorry. There's almost everything savory <laughs> left for y'all to eat, but the bread pudding is gone. I would doubt. I expect nothing less. Well, for there's sure. lots of other sweet things left, which we can talk about when we get to the reception. But yeah, so so at our rehearsal, we I told I told Melissa I said, well, I want uh, catfish and barbecue, and she laughed like I was joking. <laughs> I was like, no, seriously, this is my dinner. This is what I want. So <laughs> this is my dinner. What a way to start a marriage. Yeah. So she was, um, she graciously agreed to compromise and we decided to have barbecue. We went to the caterer and this is in Nashville, North Carolina. Lots of, mm-hmm. you know, very, uh, sort of granola hippie, which we love. We love, we love Asheville. Um, so the caterer was great. Cause we said, okay, we're, we want to bring the barbecue, the pulled pork from little Dewey here in Starville. What can we put with it? You look surprised, Jacob. You didn't know that. No, I forgot about that. You like shipped it in from mom and dad. Mom and daddy brought it in uh, with dry ice um, from Mississippi. And then what she did was she took 
she's like, okay, well, let's do the traditional barbecue sides, but dress them up. And so instead of like fries or whatever, or potato salad, we had kind of fancy potatoes. We had mm-hmm. uh, color slaw. I can't remember a couple of other things we had, but everything was really like upscaled from your traditional sides. And then she did the barbecue and everything was eaten there. We ran out of food because everybody loved it so much. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then a friend of ours, one of mom's best friends, they ended up having barbecue in a barn for their rehearsal dinner. So I was like, (laughs) see, see, see. So, but yeah, so that was our rehearsal and, and, you know, people still talk about it. That's mostly me, but you know, that's great. (laughs) So now moving on to the real party, the reception, we, we had a ball in reception. I ain't going to lie. Um, it was for, a party for sure. It was a party for sure. Uh, for those at home uh, who don't really know me and Lindsay's relationship, uh, I think it revolves around breakfast food. Uh, we've had breakfast foods pretty consistently for like the last like four days. Just that random like breakfast tacos for dinner, breakfast tacos for morning, a lot of English muffins. Like we just kind of love breakfast food. Um, so we, we even had a breakfast burger i had a breakfast burger for dinner (laughs) so describe that describe that uh it was a coffee uh encrusted burger patty wow um it it was like it was kind of subtle um and then it had a fried egg on top uh cheese uh bacon and it, it was like perfectly cooked bacon uh a egg with like a runny yolk mm-hmm. and an avocado on top see I've, I've had most of that but i never thought about the coffee encrusted i've even had coffee encrusted meats but not i never thought about that for the breakfast burger that's brilliant i know i it was one of those things that it was called the back alley burger or back alley breakfast burger so it was pretty good but we didn't have that at the reception home? huh Did you make it no no, no we went to a restaurant oh, okay okay all right put that on my list for when we come up Oh, no, we already had. But so going to our reception, Linz, what was your favorite part of our reception? My favorite part of the reception, we had really great food and we got to eat. So that was a very Mm -hmm. positive um, part of the reception because a lot of people don't get to eat at their weddings. Mm -hmm. But with the small numbers with COVID and just having our close friends and family, we got the opportunity to eat while everybody else was going through the line. So I guess my favorite food would probably have to be the donuts. Mm. I'm not a huge cake fan. So instead of having a wedding cake, I opted for a blueberry cake donut and a glazed donut cake. I built this stand out of wood and I stained it and made it look like a wedding cake and put um, the caterer put all the donuts on there. Mm -hmm. So it was really cool. It was like the cascading donut effect, which was really, really cool. So. Yeah, what about you? I mean, that we do have a few blueberry donuts left, so that's good to know. That what was your favorite part of the reception? Um, as far as food goes, I don't know because I love breakfast too. So let's let's let's, so we had the breakfast potatoes. There was bacon. There was biscuits. Uh, egg sausage, or there was an egg and sausage casserole. Casserole that was really good. Um, we had the full coffee bar. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, outside of the, just the meal was just good as a whole. I love the idea of the donut cake. Um, 
and we can talk more about the coffee bar and all that in a second, but I, I think your groom's cake was, was pretty rocking. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not jumping the gun too much here because um, not only was it aesthetically amazing, I mean, it was in the shape of a, a tree trunk that had y'all's initials carved in it. And then the book, the Hobbit on top sitting on the tree trunk and they did like a sugar sheet printed out from the original or a, a, a one of the book covers. Um, so, I mean, it was just, it looked really great and it tasted really great. Mm-hmm. I tell you, there was a lot of cake there and a lot of cake left over. <laughs> I sent some home with a lot of people. And even after that, there was still cake left and there's still lots for y'all. And we even made, uh, I, I, with all the crumbs that fell out as we were moving things around, I uh, took a big, big thing full of crumbs and that had icing and all through it over to Lauren and Ruthie and Peyton. Um, and they made cake balls out of it. So we've got some cake balls in the freezer dipped in white chocolate as well. So there's a variety of, of, uh, red. Oh, I didn't say it was red velvet. It was red velvet cake. So, yeah. So it was awesome. So I think probably that's the, the best thing we had. Yeah. I'm super excited. I unfortunately didn't get to eat as much of it as I would have liked to. Um, just running around as the, the groom. Uh, so I'm definitely excited to get home and trying it myself. Uh, my personal favorite thing, uh, with the smaller numbers that we got to have, uh, we got to splurge on some things that we really wanted. And one of those things was hiring our good friends over at Southbound Coffee Company. Uh, they're one of our favorite roasters to come. And they uh, set up a, like a full-on coffee bar for us. So we got to choose two different drip coffees. So I think we had an Ethiopian and a blend. And the then blend. the 2020 blend. And then we got to do... They operated the whole coffee bar the entire night. We had, had two syrups. Yeah, we and had two sauces. Yeah, we had two syrups, a, a sauce or two. We had milk and maybe like oat milk or something like that. Yeah, there like was a variety was cool. of cream, cream related things and all the sugars. Yeah. And it was just like this whole coffee shop set up in this little bar area in our reception area. And I thought it was the coolest thing. We got to send coffee home with people's. Like we had the reed blend. Uh, which I thought was really, really cool. I was I had some this morning and I I mean my my skill in doing the AeroPress, you know, varies. I, I don't always get at the same temperature and you know, I'm it's usually good, but today it was like just right. And that twenty twenty reed blend was 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 very nice today. I bet it was pretty great. So it was great to have them too because we had built a relationship. We went on several dates to the coffee shop where their roaster is and they work there. And so it was really mm-hmm. cool to have them there. And we did like a coffee class with them one time and got to know them. And so just to have a familiar face behind the counter too was a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And they seemed yeah. genuinely happy to be there. I mean, they looked like they were having fun and, you know, I interacted with them some in on social media afterwards. And yeah, I, I, I was, I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. You know, I liked the coffee to begin with. I already had already had gone through a bag of pre-read blend, <laughs> just 2020 <laughs> blend before. But that was, it was just so cool and with the personalized, you know, favors and everything else. too. And, and then not only that, but y'all did like your toast was somewhat untraditional. 
and related. yeah we uh we decided to go with uh we had a mr and mrs uh coffee mug mm-hmm. so we just got a little bit of the southbound coffee and did the toast with that so that was pretty fun um coffee coffee was our first date um it was the majority of our dates so it's just a important and fun part of our relationship that we have worked hard to keep going so. yeah we didn't have to work too hard no not at <laughs> it all, not easy, at all. <laughs> it was an easy thing to it's an easy thing to do us. for sure <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you know what those drum beats mean. It is now time for our favorites of, man, it's been a hot minute since we've done this. I apologize for because I have been doing finals. It is time for our favorites. So, Lindsay, what is your favorite for this week? My favorite for this week, this month, this wedding season, I guess, <laughs> would be South of the Border in South Carolina. So we found this place. It is a place. You it need to a, Google it. It is a place. Um, we found it on the way home from our honeymoon. We went to Hilton Head Island for our honeymoon, and we drove from Hilton Head back to um, Wake Forest, and we found it on the highway because we started seeing these billboards a hundred miles out every mile oh that we drove. Like, and we were like, the closer we got, the more intense they got. So it started with, oh, it's just a rest stop. You know, you can stop and get food. Then it got more, it progressed to, we have arcades. That was cool. Then it was like, we have a full service hotel and spa and sauna. <laughs> like, whoa, what is this? And the then it was there. like, souvenirs and then it was like we have a reptile full reptile what was it called a reptile lagoon lagoon it's like jake what is this thing they had a pleasure dome oh i don't remember that i don't know what it was play place i think it was a play place but it was it was a little strange so we i was like jacob we have to stop because they're the billboards just kept getting more intense and so we we go over the top of this hill and then we see it. And wow. it is like the Disney World of Mexican everything. It's like a so giant guy in a sombrero is what she kind of is the big thing, right? Yes. They have yeah. like three giant sombreros. It was that- like this tower, like a hundred foot tower or probably taller than that, like a couple hundred feet maybe at just a, a giant sombrero at the top that you could yep. go to the top of. Have you seen this place? Oh, yeah. Okay. We didn't know. I don't know that we've. I'm trying to think if I've stopped there, but I've definitely been by it. I'm definitely. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, we we stopped. We. I was like, we have to stop. Like, there's no better way to end a honeymoon than to stop at this place. And so we stopped, and um, we didn't really eat any of the food. They had Mm. um, several different food options because it was a whole town of south of the border cheap mexican inspired things yeah um the bouncy houses were up but we opted to to not go for that (laughs) but we did get a coffee mug um at one of the souvenir shops of course and kind of walked through all of the things that they had and they had a lot of authentic looking mexican things Mm -hmm. um it was pretty interesting to say the least yeah so here's here's a pop quiz what famous soft drink is bottled there I have no idea. What, Sundrop? Nope. 
Coke? Uh, no. It's a, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's a now. Carolina only thing that I usually buy when we go to North Carolina at your wine? general store. No. Close. You're getting warmer. RC Cola? Speaking of warm, it's spicy. Ginger ale? Blenheim, I'm awesome. Blenheim ginger ale. Oh, golly. I don't remember that at all. I'm pretty sure it's bottled there. At south of the border? At south of the border. Or somewhere. They own it or something. Or at least they used to. I, I haven't checked my history in the last year or two. But I'm hmm. fairly positive that that there is a connection between Blenheim and uh, south of the border. Which is an odd connection, to say the least. Very, very but, odd, uh, to say the least. Anyway. So, Dad, what is your favorite for this week? My favorite for this week. And this is, uh, you know, for those who... Uh, I'm not sure exactly when this will drop, but if we get it out before Christmas, then um, it's not too late to to buy this as a Christmas gift. And if you hear it after Christmas, it's just it's just a good idea to get it anyway. It's a cookbook called "A Good Meal Is Hard to Find," and uh, the the recipe writer is Martha Hallfus, who has written several other really Southern uh, focused cookbooks and. Uh, the illustrator or the artist is Amy Evans and Amy Evans is someone that I met back in my SFA days or back when she was working for the SFA Southern Foodways Alliance. She was the head oral historian, but she's also a, a visual artist. And so what she's done over the years, and I've got one of, I've got one of her prints on my wall actually that's in the book. Um, she took like vintage kind of found items that you might find in a woman's purse or in the house and kind of does still life. And in the background are these kind of old, um, I don't know if it's wallpaper or other kind of vintage patterns. And it would be, she would have a name associated with them and kind of create the story around the, the items. And so it's like Francine, um, I think the name, uh, I don't know. I should have looked at some of the names of these, but like the mine, mine's got a, a sweet potato pie and a piece of bacon. It's dots in the recipe that goes with it is dots sweet potato and bacon purse pie so they've created these stories out of her paintings and so this this is the story that goes with mine it's it's, 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 it's two sentences so uh it says after arriving home in the morning still in her evening attire dot made a quick change into a shirt waist washed her face and combed her hair dot was running late so she threw her breakfast in her purse and headed out the door the carondelet streetcar waits for no one so I think Carondelet Streetcar is in New Orleans. So hmm. anyway, so she's they've taken these pictures which have stories and then created a recipe around it. And it's just a fun, it's just a fun read, good recipes, um, you know, good art. So highly recommend a good meal is hard to find by Amy Evans and Martha Hall Foos. Wow, that sounds actually super cool. Um Keeping in the cookbook realm, I also am going to recommend a cookbook as my favorite for this week. I actually received this book approximately like an hour before the recording of this episode. But if you have not gathered it already from this recording, I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I've read all the books. I own the extended editions of the movies. Um, just a big, big fan so my wife got me a cookbook um, based, I think it's called Recipes uh, from the World of Tolkien. 
and it is a cookbook full of recipes based upon Lord of the Rings. So some of them are based on like seed cakes are based upon things from the books. Some of them are inspired. Like one of them is like Mirkwood bat wings, which is a chicken wing recipe, mm-hmm. um, but just inspired by um, an animal and a place in Lord of the Rings. But it's really cool because they have like little story, like a little caption about what made them decide to use this recipe and like what the inspiration from it. So for the seed cakes, it was like, or for a scone recipe is like this recipe makes 14 scones, 13 for the dwarves and one more for the very late wizard mm-hmm. being like taken from the Hobbit. So it was just really cool. But the best part about it is, is that it's got a lot of like original artwork from Tolkien or some inspired work uh, by or work inspired by Lord of the Rings, like mixed in. So it's just a very beautiful book. Um, and all the lettering looks kind of like Elvish, which is really cool. Nice. I look forward to seeing that. I, I, in fact, it's kind of funny that I've, you know, been around so many cookbooks and scoured through cookbook sections in old bookstores, and I've never seen anything like that. So I'm, I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that. I can't wait for you to see it. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. If you've enjoyed it and think others might enjoy it too, please share. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you found us. And they are legion. So you can find us on the worldwide interweb at Vittle Vital Pod on Instagram and Twitter, Vittles and Vitals Podcast on Facebook. And we'd love to hear from you. If you have an idea of a subject you'd like to hear us cover, shoot us a DM. And remember, if it's vital, look for the Vittles. <laughs>